Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. And I'm Nay from the Off 5 podcast about The Office. Hey, glad to have you back. Uh, second week in a row here, Nay. Thank you. It's a long trip, and boy, are my <laughs> arms, uh, they, well, they're, you know, I walked, but... So this is minute 38, and it starts with Lester encouraging William after all, and ends with William hugging his mom and her saying, this is a mistake. Oh, no. The whole movie is a mistake. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> according to her fictional character. Yeah. <laughs> Based on real person. Um, so then we have the song continuing by the Raspberries, and like I said, it had that has this uh, kind of its its mood shift and uh and then there's even the one point here uh just after a couple lines by by lester um him talking with william on the phone where he uh takes the takes the uh the 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 tone arm off you know off and uh the disc off the turntable and puts on uh mr farmer by the seeds i assume it's a whole album's worth and I think that was the lead track. I, I think I saw the album that's from. Terrible beat so matching. That makes sense. <laughs> bad bad transition between those songs. I could hear it from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> but you said the other song was playing in the movie, and this one's the other one was playing on the soundtrack, and this one's playing in the movie. This one's diegetic. Well, no, no, they're both diegetic, but just just the way that it it, it starts off. When when a when a song is playing over uh, the end of another scene, it gives you the impression that it's not diegetic, but then it ends up being diegetic. <laughs> oh yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, and I feel like there was a movie not too long ago that someone pointed out that uh, actually almost does like the reverse somehow. I think, which is really disconcerting. This this way, I think it's okay. It's not horrible you know of a thing to, to do but uh because you can have voiceover that's that's happening laying o- laying over the end of one scene that's that's really coming from the next um that's something that's happened a little bit here and there and i think maybe 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 that was one that happened last minute um but definitely it was happening a lot like in uh in my other movies by minutes uh project uh watchman minute that i definitely pointed out just in the very first at the like towards the end of the first week I even I think uh of uh, of the five episodes for that um with Rorschach in his journal was definitely a voiceover that would occur uh in the movie by minute that I did a goofy movie there's a part where it's like power line is playing and then Max but it's just playing in the soundtrack and then Max yeah. voices one of the lines <laughs> like in real life and it's it's super strange because it's like was that playing in his head and if so why did he mouth this words when no one can hear it there's a whole bunch of people there and then he just runs off dancing but that song's not really playing either so like what do they think this crazy kid is doing (laughs) and so that that that, well that gives it a little bit of a musical nature you know where you know in musicals all this you know song and dance and so forth is often done with the idea that, you know, it's not, it didn't really, ha- I mean, you know, if, if this were a real, more of a straight on movie, that that kind of stuff wouldn't be happening. But no, it takes this element of uh, a little bit of a fantasy kind of uh, way of thinking about things and 
gets uh, people gets the actors to also sing and dance. Yeah. To uh, to put, you know convey a a certain part of the story, <laughs> a certain mood, and what have you. Well, in that movie, they have everything. They've got musical oh, no. numbers where everyone's singing. They've got they go see music. They have music playing from recordings. Yeah. They have music just in the score. And then they have whatever that scene was uh, <laughs> as well. So they have every level of reality yeah. with their and, music. And mixtures, too, in a sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They have music playing that's like just plays for like a comedy bit. And they have music that's playing from a fictional artist within their world. And <laughs> very yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, we have that a little bit here, too. We certainly have the, uh, the music that was created by... Um, you know, mainly mainly Nancy Wilson and and Peter Frampton, um, but then even Cameron Crowe certainly took took a little bit of a part in I think in some of the writing of some of the songs uh, by Stillwater, the fictional band. And Nancy Wilson from Heart yeah. is that right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were married, and they actually aren't anymore. I think I I may have kind of wondered aloud. I, I, they might be still be married. Maybe they're not. But I've, I've yeah. Confirmed it in my head that they they have split up, unfortunately, but hopefully they're on good terms and so forth. Because I because I follow both of them on Twitter. <laughs> okay. You guys should get back together at yeah. Nancy Wilson at Cameron Crow. Cameron, hey Cam, at Cameron Crow, leave your current wife. <laughs> uh, same for you, heart. <laughs> I hurt you both. Um. So, like I said, uh, uh, Lester's uh, uh, kind of finishing this uh back and forth uh there's certainly a couple points like like i said like i mentioned last minute where william comes back in with after uh you know there there was that word the word last minute swell and so this on this minute uh we you know uh have lester saying don't let those swell merchants rewrite you and william miller just uh repeats that back swell swell merchants and says that's good (laughs) and and lester even continues says yeah swell merchants and then, then he asks, "What are you listening to?" Stillwater. And then, then, then the hangup occurs, and and Buster has to say, "Fucking kids doing drugs." It's in the script. It says "fucking kids doing drugs," but when I watched it, I don't, yeah. I don't think he oh, says you... "fucking" there. Mm. I, th- I think it's just so low key. He, he's just, he's, he's almost doing a mumble. <laughs> What's this movie rated? Um, oh, it's, it's a rated R. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Good. And I've definitely been tagging some like the uh, the uh, feck you <laughs> scenes earlier. Right, um, right. Our, our discussions during those minutes, I, I uh, tagged as explicit and so forth. But um, and that's yeah. certainly okay to go go into blue uh, yeah. for the or show you can here. Just, or you can bleep it. Who cares? <laughs> then the kids will have to wonder what word are they saying? Yeah. Right. What was that word they bleeped? <laughs> yeah. I when it, he said, but, "Don't let those swill merchants rewrite you." I thought he was talking about. Stillwater, but I guess that doesn't really oh. make sense. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm awfully sure. Yeah, he's still on um, Rolling Stone at that point. I mean, you know, even though right, it was the the, the previous line to "Don't let those still, swole merchants rewrite you" uh, did end with uh, Stillwater. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm awfully sure he's really talking about Stone, Rolling Stone. But it's interesting. It's like two conflicting pulls because yeah. he thinks that. Rolling Stone is going to do something with his writing that's just making it more bland, which I'm sure he's just bitter about because some of his things were edited. But then also Stillwater, like smooth, like you know, being schmoozy and like getting him to uh, love them too much, and that's I mean that comes up multiple times in there. But but that's 
what Rolling Stone want and what Stillwater want are opposite things as well. I mean, you know, not opposite. He he really he really should uh, want to to show them in the best well, not in the best light, in the most honest light. Ultimately, they'll appreciate that in their old years. <laughs> but I think this kind of petty infighting that he's he's gonna that he's like referring like you know preluding to is seems like total eagle stuff you know the the dynamics and stuff like that the the, the only thing that isn't what they probably say you know they probably don't want to see any insecurity or something like that and that's what he's referring to he's like show it warts and all but i'm glad he says do the piece because it's man it's a thousand dollars he's a kid (laughs) never you're never too young to sell out man Um, so, like I said, uh, you know, he says kids doing drugs, even with with or without the fucking. Um, uh, but so the thing last minute, I, I this, that's, a, that's this is what I was going towards, is uh, uh, so Lester Banks did die in 1982 of an accidental overdose of you know three things, and one is definitely uh, one that uh, he uh, referenced earlier in the one on one in person. Oh, uh, cough syrup. Yeah, cough syrup being NyQuil, actually, even even more specifically. Uh, diazepam being one of the other three. And then the third one is, I'm not even going to try and say what the what the full name <laughs> that Wikipedia has, but then in parentheses it says opioid analgesic. Mm, so. Like codeine type stuff, you think? Very, very like, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. At that, at that point, yeah, it was probably even on the milder side than, than our, you know, what the... the crazy epidemic that we have today with the heroin and then the further on uh, drugs that are trying to supposedly trying to take you off it that are actually seemingly doing some worse damage even. Um, Yeah. I really feel like the Lester Bangs character is just in this movie as like a fun, like, like I said, like foreshadowing because ultimately he's not, he's kind of like the Jiminy cricket of all those famous, (laughs) but like way more, uh, into the guess who, I guess. And (laughs) when he gives him advice, he's not going to actually follow any of it, but then later on, it's going to be like, see, it's like, it's like, uh, Lester Bangs said, because Lester Bangs already went through this, obviously. (laughs) Like, and people don't, people like to learn their own lessons. They're more salient that way. But if someone tells you the lesson before, then when it's happening, you can be like, nah, that's not the same thing. But then halfway through, you could be like, oh, this is kind of the same thing as what they were warning me about, which is basically how like every moment of my life has been. I'm like, nah, nah, that's not going to happen to me. Oh, I guess it did kind of. Dang. <laughs> um, and then, then continuing on with the uh, the drug talk, though, too, is, is the, uh, uh, as I mentioned, the, uh, he puts on this other record uh, by The Seeds. And it's Mr. Farmer, and supposedly they were kind of more. They, they, it definitely wasn't straight edge, but it was, it was a, a little ant. They, they were apparently uh, a little anti uh, drugs. Um, yet they did this song called Mr. Farmer, and it was it had this connotation to it of being a marijuana farmer is who they were talking about, and that uh, supposedly is something that the uh, the uh, the songwriter of it. Um, it looks like a sky Saxon guy's name of the band kind of, uh, tried, tried to get, uh, the word out that, uh, no, that's not it. (laughs) 
I just love how they have, you know, in this movie where they're going to be talking all about this band, that they have someone early on being like, they suck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't like them. Don't like Stillwater. I wonder if that kind of played a played a big role in, in having it be a fictional band. So that way, you know, they could have, you know, Lester be the person that uh, is, you know, thinking they aren't aren't really that great of a band. Yeah. I mean, I think he just wanted to tell his own story. So if he can't like make up things for it to happen with other bands yeah. and be like, and that happened to the Eagles, and they're gonna be like, hey, no, it didn't. Uh-huh. It's like, no, that was sure that was Allman Brothers, but still. Yeah, but well, but so that that then that that what you're saying though makes me think about the probably the more truer reason though, which is I think that Cameron Crowe just kind of wanted to take the culmination of his earliest, you know. Uh, uh, bands that he toured with and wrote about a bit too, um, hung out with uh, fairly heavily at least as well, whether it was on tour or not, um, and combined, you know, certainly I I think I feel like you know, um, you know he, he he I think he I think another band that's high up there that I kind of learned recently because I went and saw the uh, David Crosby uh, documentary um, uh, subtitled uh, oh, Remember yeah. My Name um, and produced by Cameron Crowe. Um, I thought it was gonna be directed by him, but another person directed. But um, uh, that was fine. He 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 was the one doing the interviewing <laughs> throughout, with at least you know with with David Crosby really being the man, the main person. But there was even one particular thing that, that David Crosby said that is very reminiscent of something that Russell says here in just a, a few more minutes. Really, I think, um, you know, where he's kind of David Crosby uh, later in his life, um, later in his life. Uh, is saying that he he kind of felt there in the earlier seventies about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Nash and, and Young sometimes, um, of course uh, that that he was kind of um, not that he was not not quite the same way that Russell puts it, but that he's a little bit more beyond uh, the rest of the rest of the guys in that group. Hmm. But the big thing is, is that uh, th- that subtitle of that doc is coming from like his first, or at least at least probably one of his biggest uh, solo records that he ever really put out. I guess um, that's that's probably one of the best known of his solo, um, and that's even only, it's only even just part of the name of that album is "Remember My Name." It's something something. Remember my name. Can't quite recall. But you know, I, I was looking at some Amazon reviews of it, and I so I haven't heard it yet, but. There, there's definitely some uh, almost it almost sounds like some maybe like some Revolution Nine type, you know, music concrete, you know, kind of similar things, but a little on the folkier side though too, I think. But uh, yeah, so I've stayed away from it. I haven't gone out and if I if I see a good at a good price, I'll or search for it on Spotify, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I used to. Sp- Spend so much money on CDs, and now for the price yeah. of a CD a month, I have every song ever recorded, <laughs> including yeah. every new song. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's see. Like I said last minute, I'm, I'm big into actually making sure I own things, and I'll, I'll, I'll still buy things and own things. That's for sure. Um, digitally and physical copies sometimes. <laughs> Rolling 
but I think we're I think we're coming to the point um, where because because if you don't have if you have anything else for the until we get to the Elaine Miller saying no 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 are, are you are you there uh, yet are you done up to that point I'm there uh, uh, you know I, I Detroit sucks notes. let's move on yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where so this isn't a one of the what I've been doing throughout so far is the differences between the theatrical to the uh, untitled director's cut. This is not that, but it is a specially deleted scene that is in neither of those cuts. And it's nearly 12 minutes long. And it's, oh, that's wow. mostly, it's mostly because it's, it was meant to be played. Uh, Stairway to heaven was meant to be played and not, there's no cutting or anything or any difference like that. And in a very similar nature to what happens uh, earlier on with, with uh, William's sister, Anita, that she sits down, her mother and William happens to be there. And he said, and she says, this is why I'm leaving, you know, and she ends up playing America and we don't hear all of that. But in this deleted scene, it was meant to hear everyone to, for everyone to hear Stairway to Heaven, but Led Zeppelin for their four or five other songs that they went ahead and gave the rights, you know, said, said, you know, gave the, gave their, not the rights, the permission to uh, use in this movie. Um, Stairway was one that they wouldn't. So therefore that meant this scene got cut because there's no other band, uh, no other, no other song that, uh, that Cameron Crowe wanted for this scene it had to be stairway so if it couldn't be stairway then it wouldn't be um so the the scene is on the blu-ray just just separate from the uh untitled um that's for sure but but even in that instance the song isn't still isn't in that scene so you can go to youtube and i'll certainly be giving out that youtube link um at some point uh probably probably at the time i release this as this comes out um but but I'm actually glad this has happened because I'm not a big fan of this scene, even though I like the I like the idea. But uh, the the thing is, is that not only is his mother there and he's trying to convince her, as we see in the in the in the moments after this, it go, very much goes into the very ne- very next thing we see that was in the theatrical and certainly in the in the uh, uh, untitled uh, director's cut. Uh, Elaine Miller saying no, 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 and it, it's you know it's 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 William wearing the same colored shirt and it's it's sitting in the same chair um, throughout this twelve minutes or nearly twelve minutes. Is it like a montage of him convincing her in different locales? Yeah, yeah. like they're at the grocery store and he's like making his point, like at his notepad out, and it's like <laughs> not really that bad. Plus, no drugs. Yeah. Stillwater Christian but, boys. But- They'll be they'll but, be really nice to me. Well, I don't know. I don't know if she'd be crazy about that. But even though she does have her Merry Christmas, Merry Xmas, <laughs> to Merry Christmas, but that's just, but that's just her anal side <laughs> coming out, teacher side coming out. <laughs> um, but so besides her is there is one of his teachers and who's played by Cameron's mother, <laughs> um, and uh, his sister's boyfriend who you know we last saw um, in the theatrical cut leaving with with uh, Anita, but in the, the, there was the scene that I've mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago or so, I think, um, or maybe not that long, um, just a couple minutes ago even, I, I think it was, um, where Daryl, it's Daryl is his name, uh, he comes in through the window. Um, so it's after that, you know, it's, it's, it's that uh, William and Daryl have kind of reconnected, not that they were ever connected really before that, I don't think. Um, 
So so there so there's other these other people in the room when uh, William is trying to convince uh, his mother that uh, she should let him uh, go on tour with his band. And uh, the, the thing that I dislike the most is like the air drumming that Daryl does and, and, and some of the looks on the faces by the other, pe- by the other people, you know, is, is just, uh, or, you know, different, different uh, of the people that are in this scene, uh, hmm. whether it is, you know, uh, William himself, even, you know, I'm just not crazy about uh, how they look and they're, they're kind of, uh, Acting isn't quite up to up to the snuff of the rest of the movie for some crazy reason. Yeah. Well, I like the way that it happens in the theatrical cut because then it goes. You hear no, 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 and you're thinking, oh, yeah. she's gonna say no, but she ends it with no, 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 more than four days, right. and I want you. Yeah. She has all her stipulations. You're like, what a cool mom. <laughs> well, and that's that's a whole other crazy thing is is that uh, you know because as far as I know. I'm going to hazard the guess that William didn't tell her that he went to the up up to L.A. <laughs> with Penny. I mean, because that was done on the sly without without him telling her that that he was doing that. Mm. Um, and I'm going to stick with the idea that that he continued that uh, little bit of deceitfulness. But you know, for, for something like this, he definitely has to tell her, and apparently he he you know brought it to her and, and took it, took it to, uh, the group of, the group of people with, with the others on, the others on his side, but just how goofy they get and listening to stare away is uh, a bit too much for me, but yeah, yeah. But you know, and, that, and that's certainly a, uh, the, the no, 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 no more than four days is, is a surprise to William. Even I think there's a good, uh, a sign on his face that, uh, he was, he was looking, uh, Kind of rather disappointed <laughs> at the start of that note, start of those nose. <laughs> yeah, and in real life, mom being cool is what led to the son's complete career up until yeah, I don't right. know Aloha or Elizabeth Town. <laughs> <Yeah. or something. laughs> oh, case... oh, we have another Elizabeth Town viewer. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I mentioned that on previous weeks, uh, at least the one or two people that were on uh, as guests uh, then. Uh, they they were not even aware of that movie being in existence. Well, I but, just uh, but I, I never actually but, but saw but I it. it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just watched, saw it. I watched it once in, in the lead up to this. I realized oh, okay, it's and on we Amazon. We bought a zoo. I, I just like when those were coming out. I was like, oh, this movie is going to be huge because of Almost Famous. <laughs> and then and then I just I just read a lot of reviews of things like that. I don't mm-hmm. even necessarily. I mean, once I read a couple, necess- I'm not necessarily planning on seeing it anymore. But sometimes the reviews are really entertaining for certain kinds of movies. And I think that was one of them. Cause I, for some reason, mm-hmm. well, that's why I am with it. Aloha. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen that one yet. So, yeah. Um. Well, we believe in you, Cameron, you get back on the horse, almost famous too. It's coming. <laughs> Jerry Maguire, even more. So Sh- show me the money, a Jerry Maguire sequel. <laughs> Faster times at Richmond College this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she has given her permission. So then we get uh, just, a, again, a little bit of why I think is dig- ends up being Dijack Music next minute. Um, uh, One Way Out by the Allman Brothers Band. I'm um, not sure because they're also playing guitar in the next scene. 
Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if they would be playing it if this I song think... was playing so loud. Mm. Yeah, maybe, in a sense, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, the loudness would be an issue, but but I think I think they're they're on the more pro side of things than than I am. I I played guitar a little. And I think I think I saw you playing guitar a little bit in a video recently. Yeah, I did right? play guitar. Yeah. And Sweet. this one way out song, I put Allman Brothers at the top yeah. of my my uh, pile right. there, and this is probably one of the reasons I love I love this song. Statesboro Blues. I I love some of those really uh, dirty jammy songs. Uh-huh. Um. Now, one thing I just I just found out today, and a little bit of research for the, doing this, uh, is that the the riff from this song, and it also you know comes from a much older you know as you say you know blues uh, song. Um. But the riff was used is used in a unreleased track by the beatles oh. where, where they where they jam to it and 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 kind of put on you know come up with and, and it sure sounds like i'm awfully sure it's paul and it's kind of similar to if you've heard from the anthology the the uh the shortened version of the i think what like 25 to 30 minute maybe uh take they did like a very much slower dirtier uh version of helter skelter Mm. Um, kind of similar to that, where where it's just kind of they're just jamming, and he's just trying to work out some lyrics that he could do to a, a riff like this. And I would I would bet he kind of had in mind, okay, well, if if I can come up with some lyrics, then maybe I'll change this riff around enough to 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 make it my own, um, more his own. Um, but and, and so that song, if anyone is certainly out there on YouTube, I'll, I'll post that link too if if uh, anyone wants. That's for sure. It's, it's a, so, so the song is called "My Imagination," and that's that makes up most of the lyrics that you hear. <laughs> hmm. And this "One Way Out" is also the name of that killer Allman Brothers uh, biography that I was talking okay. about that I listened to on audiobook. If you don't know, you can rent audiobooks from your library, most likely. <laughs> you get on a Hoopla or a Libby yep. or something like that, and it's it's pretty nice. I'm pretty sure that's how I listen to that one. And and uh, so one way out, just just a little more uh, background uh, about that is that uh, it's 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 actually not that much older than <laughs> than, than than you might think. It's from the early mid '60s by uh, Sonny Boy Williamson II and Elmore James. Mm. co-written co-written song there um and elmore james is actually someone that uh i'm I'm pretty sure it was on a it wasn't on like an anthology or anything it was on a on like the the let it be which is almost anthology ish anyway (laughs) fairly out fairly outtake ish with a couple uh smaller shorter songs than that uh um but i'm pretty sure it's in uh I think it's I think it's George Harrison's "For You Blue," where he where someone one of the guys in the band calls out uh, Elmore James. Nice. So it definitely was he he definitely uh, between the two Sonny Boy and Elmore was being uh, bandied about. I'm gonna make up some trivia. Yeah. <laughs> the this is the the live version from Live at Fillmore East. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds just like the live version from. Uh, live at Fillmore East, so okay. I'm going to say yeah. that. And well, if not, um, please write in to Eric and correct Definitely. me. <laughs> and say hi as well to Eric. <laughs> Congratulate him on being on a network. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're almost famous. That is, that is the Pantheon Podcast Network for 
a whole bunch of different uh, rock-related podcasts. Not just not just movies, not not just rock movies, but a whole bunch of other subjects. We were talking off mic about some of the cameos that are in this one and how those people aren't really cameos because they're not, uh, you know, like, but they're not also, they're not actors. <laughs> so, but uh, I think maybe the theme was he was picking a whole bunch of people that were almost famous, like, like this oh, comedian, yeah. uh, this guy who's editor of magazine, you don't usually see him or anything, but you know, they're all almost famous, just like, uh, I guess the almost famous is the name of the tour because they show the front of the bus, but uh, of Stillwater. But you know, it could also apply to someone like a mm-hmm. like a rock journalist who's not like like Chuck Klosterman. Like he's almost famous, I would say. <laughs> um. So I think that's the end of my notes. Um. Do you have anything else you'd like to? I, I do not. For this minute. I, oh, this is a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Uh. So. Uh, Nathan, why don't you, if if you would, uh, just go into e- even greater detail. Uh, what what are what are the other besides the off five? What what uh, what are the other uh, podcasts you've been involved in, or other projects in general? Even. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. The the off five is the podcast about the office, but um, I also do one about a goofy movie called a Goofy yeah. Movie Minute. Although <laughs> I think I did two episodes this year. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes cast about each trip of Calvin and Hobbes is e- even bleaker yeah. on the ma- whether or not I'm making new episodes front because I think I only did well, probably one or two episodes this year as well. But you know, if you uh, email me at uh, uh, let's let's say a goofy movie minute because that's the easiest one, a goofy movie minute at gmail dot com, and uh, tell me to keep making episodes of one of those podcasts, then I think I'll do it but i've also been guesting on some other podcasts i can't point you in all their directions but i was on that watchman minute so yeah. ch- check that out i don't remember what minutes but you know it's a good, a good one it was it had a night owl in it <laughs> <laughs> they were arguing or something it's a great one you'll you'll love it oh daniel <laughs> yeah right it's like a sitcom starring the members of Watchmen, all forced to live in one house together for a few minutes. The real world. That's great. Yeah, and I, like I said last uh, last minute, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Off Five and and a goofy movie. I haven't even seen that, so I haven't, you haven't I seen haven't the movie. Really, really, no. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, you, I, you, I, you, I like you, it quite a bit. Old, <laughs> my old co-host Travis for Watchmen Minute when you were on, you mentioned that, and he, he got all excited. And I'm like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated classic. But but I have I, I certainly have enjoyed uh Calvin and Hobbes over the years and uh I should uh I I've I've actually looked for my number one comic strip, uh to see if there's any podcasts about them. I can't really find any about uh, the far side. Well, originally I was going to do, uh, it was just going to be called Garfield at Large, and it was just going to be about Garfield, but I actually don't <laughs> really want to do that, and I like, I should do it about something I actually love, like Calvin and Hobbes, not not something that would be like ironically funny, although Calvin Hobbes' guest is also quite ironic, because it's a podcast about a uh, comic strip that has no audio or anything else. Yeah. Are you aware of any other podcasts about a single comic strip? Uh, no, nice but if run. if yeah. any start up, I'll beat them up. Yeah, that's my that's my promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a threat; it's an invitation to, for me to beat you up. <laughs> okay, well, I think that that's going to do it for this minute, uh, number thirty eight. 
Um, and uh, we should have uh, Nathan back for the next minute, uh, next week, uh, minute 39. Um, and so, like I said earlier, I, I certainly have the pon- pa- uh, Pantheon podcast network that I'm on. Um, also, as you mentioned earlier, you know, hey, you could people could email me. I don't know that I've really given that information out too much so far, but I probably should and maybe could get a little bit of uh, uh, correspondence and so forth going back and forth uh via uh, email in and and me talking out maybe as replies um uh, so the email for the show is almost famous minute at gmail.com and of course we're also on uh twitter and instagram both at uh, almost famous men so hope you all join us in those places um we'll do some other little uh plugs here and there um later on i think next minute probably um but uh, Nathan, if you can make it back down, I hope. Sure thing. Yep. Yeah, write write in and tell Eric about what it was like when you snuck out as a kid and and uh, covered a rock band for a thousand dollars, a four day trip, and uh, and kickstarted your whole career. <laughs> tell him about that. Kickstarting the old fashioned way. Yeah, <laughs> just, just doing it on your own. But thanks for having me. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, so like I said, this is Met Thirty Eight. We'll see you next time, Met Thirty Nine. Till then. It's all happening. It's all happening. I am a golden god! No stairway. Denied.